So this morning, there are three things that he put on my heart to share. I'm going to begin with Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, if you guys want to turn there. I'm going to read it from the Amplified, because I really, I really like the way that this is interpreted. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving you captives. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. The first thing that I want us to see there is that we're no longer captives. We were captives. We didn't really have a choice. We wondered and we flailed about and we couldn't understand why we just kept doing the same things and, and we were in all this bondage. But that's not who we are anymore. We're redeemed. We were bought with a price. Second, when you pass through the waters. That's a when, not an if. Trials and tests, suffering, all of those things are going to come to us at some point. But we have this promise. We will not be overwhelmed. We will pass through. Third, for I am the Lord your God. We are often consumed with the why or the how long do I have to wait instead of seeking after the one who made the promise. Now, for me personally, these verses have become very important. You see, nine years ago today, my family and I were sitting in a room at Covenant Hospital. Four days earlier, my son, Corey, had been in a car wreck. And now the doctors were telling us that in spite of all the efforts made, Corey was brain dead. So now we would have to decide to keep him on life support or to let him go. Now right there in those moments, it did not feel like the waters wouldn't overwhelm me or the fire would not consume me. It felt like I had been sucked under the current, carried violently downstream, only to pop up out of the river and burst into flames. But see, God, in fact, had not changed. The same God who had spoken those words through Isaiah, he was the same God in that room with us. And despite my feelings, the same promise that was true then was true now. Was it easy? No. But easy wasn't the promise. I think sometimes we turn our minds so we want that microwave solution God doesn't work in the microwave. God works in eternity. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here because the other things that God put on my heart to share come from our mission trip to Kenya. Since I was a child, I had dreamed of going to Africa. Even before I had the children and the marriage, I dreamed of going to Africa. But it always seemed impossible. But impossible doesn't apply to God. We all know that. So in 2014, the opportunity came the provision came, and God said, now. Now is the time. So before we even left, God gave me a dream. And in this dream, I saw a field with a long stone wall on one side and children running through this field flying red kites. Now when I woke up, what I heard was they shall mount up on eagles' wings. And I know that sounds crazy. That's okay. It sounded crazy to me too. But Randy had been teaching on being obedient and sharing those dreams and visions when they come. So I went ahead and I shared it with the team, and they were all in agreement, so we got the red kites, and we're stepping out on faith thinking, 
yay. But part of me was excited. Now the other part of me was thinking, you know, wouldn't that really be cool if we got there and that place actually existed? Little did I know what God was about to do. So we bought the cars, we packed up, we left. We arrived in Kenya safe and sound, except for a couple of pieces of luggage. One of those was mine, but it eventually found me. So on Tuesday, after we had arrived, this is the first part, we went to Oloropal, and that, that is the place that this church has helped to, to build. We have really, we were so blessed to go there and be able to see what the ministry from here had been doing there. And uh, while we were there, and after Jennifer had kind of shown us around and, and everything, we went up to Prayer Mountain from the top of Prayer Mountain. And if you look really close, way down there is the compound from up at the top of this mountain. And this is the mountain, she called it Prayer Mountain, where the pastors would go up and pray. So I prayed. And I had been feeling like I have no idea what my purpose is anymore, Lord. You know, my kids are grown. I've got grandbabies, but, you know, I'm not the mama, so I just get to spoil them and send them home. And I don't know what your will for me is now. And his answer that day was, we aren't finished yet. I felt incredible peace when I heard that. But, of course, I wanted the 10-step program, you know, give me the five-year plan, all the directions to reach this goal. He just didn't do that. He just reminded me that he was still God. I didn't need to be afraid, and he still had a purpose for me. So on Saturday, we went to Nakuru. As soon as we arrived and began looking around, we walked around behind the compound, and there it was the dream that God had given in real life. The field, the wall, exactly as I had seen it. There just aren't words to describe how humbling and overwhelming it was that sitting in a small town in Texas, that God had already seen where we were gonna be going. So the boys there had a presentation for us and then we presented them with the red kites. They took markers and they wrote their goals and dreams on the tails of these red kites. And then, they took them out to the field that I had seen in that dream, and those red kites filled the sky. And joy and laughter filled that field. The best part, though, came right before we left. Max was just about to close up our time there, and the Lord just kept prompting me to share what he had said when I woke up from that dream. And so I went ahead and went forward, and I told them, about the red kites, and I told them about what God had said. They shall mount up on eagles' wings. And I told them that even from halfway around the world, in a small town in Texas, God had his eye on them. And his message hit the mark, just like it always does. Their faces were priceless. These boys are boys that have been abandoned. They, they are basically, they are in this home for CMIA to raise them and to educate them. And so for them to even have the concept that God saw them, that was just amazing. There's one last thing that I want to share, and then I'll finish up. On the Thursday before we went to Nakuru, we had gone to a fishing village for an outdoor meeting. Max had felt that Melissa should give her testimony one night, and I would give mine the next. So while I was praying about what to say, 
God just kept pointing me to Psalm 40. That's not the scripture I had thought of, but it was exactly the right one. See, that particular area has been hit very hard by AIDS. So there has been a lot of suffering, a lot of loss. But God is so amazing. And those verses were exactly what was needed. And that's what I would like to close with today because they bring the first part of my testimony kind of full circle. You see, he doesn't leave us in the broken places. He doesn't leave us in those hurting, suffering places. They are going to come, but they're not bigger than him. And we can rest on his promises even when those emotions are not peaceful, they're not joyful. He gives us his peace when we don't have any of our own. This is the verse that that he gave me there. He drew me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my steps, establishing my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. I know this has been short this morning, but I pray that it has planted that hope in your heart. If you're here today and you can't see past the circumstance, God is bigger than that. There isn't a place, there isn't a sorrow that he has not already been through and been ahead. Just pause for just a minute and really see Jesus. Just really see him, the suffering that he went through for us. And yet now he is victorious. And that is what he desires for us too. We are going to suffer. We are going to have trials. But we are going to overcome. Because that's who we are in Christ.